What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie and as we cannonball fists up into Black History Month. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. It's here. It's February, y'all. And Black History Month has rolled back around. Uh, just in time for Miss Beyonce Knowles to announce her tour dates. And I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I am feeling feisty. I know. I'm loving <laughs> I'm loving the black power energy that has been all over today. Uh, I don't know if it's just social media, but I just feel like in general, like black people showing up this year and I'm kind of about it. I like the idea that 2023 is the year that uh, we go blacker than we've ever gone before. Yeah, well, I feel like we're all like finally regaining our strength and our energy from mm-hmm. the poundings that <laughs> I just <laughs> a think lot of stuff that's society been society has been taking uh, these last few years, and I feel like everybody has been really, uh, really looking forward to having a better year this year, and also having a kick-ass Black History Month. Um, It always is such a treat when it comes back around. Obviously, every single day, all year long, we are always rooting for, appreciating, and highlighting Black horror. But when February comes around, that is a time for us to specifically highlight that entire month, Black horror across the board. So y'all already know what time it is. It's about that time once again, and I'm excited. I'm always mm-hmm. excited for it. Yeah. We always talk about movies that I'm like, that for I either haven't seen or it's been a while since I've seen, um, and I always get like pumped. And usually I get introduced to a movie that for some one reason or the other, I was like putting off, checking out, and then I always end up liking it. Case in point, first Black History Month, we did Blackula. Right. Case in point, second Black History Month, we did um demon night mm-hmm. but also vampire in brooklyn which i also really liked we're covering a lot of our bases here and i feel like now nah, you don't have to agree with me here but like i feel like i'm getting a couple stamps on my black card punched because of these movies because likewise there have been a lot in terms of black horror that i have not seen yet some that i've just missed through passing and some that i've just been sleeping on altogether just don't know about mm-hmm. And so every time we get back to February and we put the emphasis on these movies, I too am very excited because I know for a fact we'll watch at least one thing that I have probably been itching to watch but haven't had a chance to watch yet. Yeah. And um, like I said, this year is no different. We've got really, really exciting picks for you guys um, that I am excited to dive into with you and break down. Um, But we're going to be starting this month off with a newer edition, which is kind of rare we don't always get (laughs) we don't always get new ones worth covering Mm -hmm. um and also too we lied when we said we were done with 2022 (laughs) yeah we did we kind of (laughs) did we did i was thinking that earlier i said wham we smooth lied to the homies because we're still in 2022 actually we just can't let it go we can't let it go um but 
yeah, we're we're keeping on the train. It kind of worked out that this is the first pick that we had post January anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're still stuck in the newest ish or the latest year and excited to talk about some new black horror that dropped last year. But before we do that, we do have a couple of announcements that we need to get out of the way. First and foremostly, we had the honor of being on a panel recently Mm -hmm. that actually just got dropped on the day that we're talking about this or actually the day that we're recording, which is February 1st. Uh, what's up? <laughs> um, but it actually dropped today. We got to be on a panel for Dread Central that was hosted by our homies, Girl That's Scary. What's Y'all up, already girls? know. Y'all know and love them, and so do we. Um, but we got invited to talk about 2022 as a, a year in horror kind of a thing. We got to talk about our bests, our worsts. Uh, what we're looking forward to for this year, uh, what kind of tropes we're looking for the horror genre to to drop, you know, just different things like that. We got to discuss with them mm-hmm. all from a black lens, which was awesome. We had so much fun. We also got joined by Brother Ghoulish. Mm-hmm. We also got joined by Sheree from Nightmare on Fear Street. And actually, uh, Brother Ghoulish and Sheree also have a podcast that they do together now, too, called Blurdy Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also got to talk to them, which was so much fun. I, oh, my God. So delightful. I had a blast. It's on video, too, y'all. That sh- y'all get to see the homies' faces? They're rare. It's, I was just <laughs> about to say. It's rare where we were cutting up on video. It's usually <laughs> all surround sound coming through your speakers. Um, so, yeah, it was fun to talk to them. It was fun to hear their breakdowns of 2022 horror because they saw a bunch that we didn't get to see. And it was That's really cool true. to listen to what they thought of these movies that we maybe still passed up on despite trying to go back and watch as many as we could. <laughs> Crazy to think, but it's true. Yeah, we still missed a bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is now live, like I said. So please go check that out. Please give it some support. And also go check out all of the homies that we got to record that with because mm-hmm. they are awesome. Their shows are awesome. Their content is awesome. And we could not recommend them like enough. Just yeah. go check them out. Show them some love. And tell them the homies said what's up. And then also in our announcements, we actually have a little bit of a new format for the show something that we have been thinking about implementing, uh, but had to kind of wait till February because we were doing our own thing in January to do. Um, But we're going with a new little like pick system, something that we think might add a little bit of variety to some of the movies that we cover here on the show. And basically how it's going to work is both the homies, myself and Erica, are both going to get one movie per month that the other person cannot veto. So that person has no say whether or not we watch the movie. They have to watch it and then they're going to have to have the discussion on it. And we are both very excited because I know there have been some movies for both of us that we've been like, I want to cover this, but I'm not sure if the other person is going to want to cover this. Um, So we'll be seeing a lot more of those uh, coming this year. But also... We're going to have a homies pick, which is going to be either a pick that both Erica and I agree on or one that's voted on by you guys on our social medias. So just let us know every month what movie you are dying to hear us cover and 
it might just make the rotation. And then, of course, to finish off the months, we'll still be doing our Discord Decide. So don't worry, Discord homies. We still got y'all. Y'all still got your week. We're not taking that away from you. But yeah, we thought that this new little format might facilitate some fun movie picks for you guys. And we're really excited to try it out this year. Yeah, it should be really fun. It's it's going to be a nice little his, hers, ours type of situation. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, it'll just be, I think, really nice because obviously, yeah, we like to collab as much as possible when we're choosing episodes or choosing the movie that we're going to discuss in an episode. But sometimes it gets a little bit difficult just trying to figure out between the two of us which one we want to do. They're usually it's like trying to pick where you want to go eat. Yeah, food. like <laughs> no one for, actually knows for dinner. It's the well, you I don't mind either way. Well, I don't mind either way either. And then eventually coming to something a and I think this will take some of that pressure off. But also b as we've said before many times, I both Roshane and I kind of gravitate towards different genres, different movies, different decades, different styles. And so I think this will help both of us broaden the movies that we just kind of gravitate to. But mm-hmm. also, too, I think it'll be fun to hear the other person's thoughts on these movies yeah. that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have been checking for mm-hmm. uh, if we did not force them to do so. Yeah, so it should be fun. I'm excited. Uh, Erica, I know you're excited for reasons we won't say quite yet, but <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs> it will be fun. But yeah, that'll be that's starting this month, uh, which leads us into actually the choice for today, which was Roshane's choice. Yes, it um, was. And he chose Nanny. I did. The Nanny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My pick for this month is Nanny, which, all right, really quickly. Yes, it's leaning into suspense for those who are going to be like, I don't know if this movie's horror. Whatever. It's my pick. But yeah. <laughs> um, Nanny, again, we did lie a little bit. We said we're going to get away from 2022. However, this is a movie that I had seen down my grapevine that a couple people had talked about and had said pretty good things about, but I had just missed. I just never got around to watching this one. And so, in the spirit of Black History Month, uh, this being a movie that is predominantly following a Black main character, and we have a Black director, a female Black director, mind you, uh, it just felt appropriate that we Mm -hmm. should put this one in the mix. And also, I just kind of wanted to talk about it, because I felt like if we didn't cover it, I may have ended up not watching this one, and I didn't want that Mm -hmm. to happen, so. Yeah, definitely. And... I mean, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it does lean a little bit more suspense. However, I will say I do feel like this kind of got marketed as a horror movie um, from watching the trailer. I feel like they pushed it in that direction a little bit anyway. And it does have some horror elements. But yeah, it's a little bit more of a thriller or a suspense, if you will. But that being said, it's got a little bit of scare to it. Uh, but to be specific, let's go ahead and break out the scare scale. Mm-hmm. And on a scale of one to five, five being the scariest, how scary is it? <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is like a one and a half out of five. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I think a lot of the scare, the scare factor of this one is atmospheric and um, based a little bit in the subject matter of the things that we're uh, looking at here. Um, not too many jump scares. There are some like interesting hallucination dream sequences that can get kind of jarring. And there are some very tense 
moments in the film, but nothing too like overtly scary. So I'm gonna give it a one and a half out of five. Yeah, yeah, I'll rock with you there. Okay. I, I think that would be the highest for sure to go because, yes, it, it has some scary ideas and it has some moments that feel as though they're leading up to a scare, but we never get the scare right. sort of thing. So that lead up moment can still make you feel a little bit creeped out mm -hmm. but you're never gonna get that scare payoff by by any means no so yeah, 1.5 1. it is tense though there is a mm -hmm. lot of moments of tension a lot of suspense and they're quite enjoyable so mm -hmm. without further ado shall we erica please all right homies we are entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we are talking about nanny from 2022 this movie was written and directed by Nikiato Jusu, starring Anna Jope as Aisha, Michelle Moynihan as Amy, Morgan Spector as Adam, Sinqua Walls as Malik, and Rose Decker as Rose. Aisha is a young Senegalese teacher starting a new life in New York. Although content with life in America, she is determined to bring her son Lamine to the States for his birthday. To fund the trip, she begins nannying a girl named Rose for affluent couple Adam and Amy. However, the more time she spends with this family, the more her mind begins to leave her. Something is wrong with the situation, and Aisha is caught in the crossfire. Insert bumping birthday parties, hellish hallucinations, and a hell of a lot of unpaid overtime here. Our film concludes with Aisha tracing the root of her hallucinations, but the answer she finds may not be the one that she's looking for. Also, how do you use your rage? Roll credits. Nice. Thank nice. You, that was the last little end quote there. Very good. <laughs> Dude, that line honestly hit me like a truck in the movie. I don't know why. There's something about when Granny was speaking that I just was all ears. I was sitting forward. I feel like I was, was having spitting. tea with her. <laughs> she was spitting. That was like... If that was like a cipher type situation, <laughs> everyone would be like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> Wait, would her would her rap name be the priestess? <laughs> I mean, it would have to be. Immediately it would have to be. She's out here dropping yeah. bars all movie. <laughs> she was she was hitting. I got excited every time she came on screen because I was like, go ahead and go ahead and speak to the people. <laughs> and she did every time. Yeah, that was such a great and it was cool even with the way they distorted her her voice mm -hmm. if someone does not use that on a rap and like in a song like either as the intro to the song you mm -hmm. know or the the outro you know how they used to do the voicemails like do that yep. instead they're really missing out <laughs> missed opportunity a, yeah a huge missed opportunity <laughs> <laughs> all right well seeing as this was my pick for the month erica why don't you let me know oh uh, What's in your notebook? Okay, my first note is jumping a little bit ahead, but That's my cool. first, it, uh, the first thing I wrote was this party is cracking. That right? birthday party, that party looked, looked lit. So fun. 
so much fun. Like the I music wouldn't be there. On point. The outfits. The outfits on point. The food. The cake. <sighs> the drinks. The melanin. Everything was <laughs> <The> just <melanin. laughs> looked so good. I wanted to be there so much. Everybody was cutting a rug. Mm-hmm. And before it got sad, <laughs> it looked really fun. <laughs> <laughs> is that not like the theme of a lot of this movie like, yeah before, before it got, got sad, sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean and it didn't even really get sad because at this point in time we're still fairly early in aisha's journey and so she's obviously sad she's mm-hmm. obviously feeling some type of way some part of her is not fully whole because she is missing her son yeah but i think at this point in time it feels much more tangible and her reuniting with him feels much sooner than it actually ends up being Mm -hmm. because so when we meet her we're jumping into her already having a job having gotten this job and so she's trying to raise this money to bring her son over to live in New York with her. And seemingly this job feels good. Like it, it, when you first meet Amy and meet the situation, this there's no red flags or anything going off. And if she's going to be getting paid the way that she's supposed to be getting paid, yeah, her bringing her son over should have happened fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So although her imagining this little boy at this birthday party as her son and then being kind of sad because we find out that his birthday is kind of coming up and she might not be with him for it. Yeah. Um, Despite that being true, it doesn't feel sad yet because we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen yet. We're still very, like you said, very early on. She all well could still be bringing her son over. Like hope has not been lost at this point. Um, but I do agree with you. That party was pretty, was pretty damn bumping. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, I feel like there's just something about like parties that put an emphasis on like whatever your cultural heritage is, like while you're in the States, they just hit a little bit different. Cause like, even for me coming from a Jamaican family, like I love me a good Jamaican kickback, you know? And it's just like, it's a certain vibe that's very akin to just that place and that group of people. And I feel like because America is such a melting pot, you have so many you have so many different variants of those. But personally, for me, the ones that are heavy in melanin just always seem to have something about them that's just really popping. Yeah, there's a certain levitating quality to <laughs> to the activities. <laughs> Everything holds a certain je ne sais quoi. And though, though to be fair, I have been to some very, very poppin' both Latino and Armenian parties. Y'all get down. Yeah. So I, I ain't even gonna pretend. No, 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 no. There, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I can't always hang. I can't <laughs> I can't always hang as long as I would like to at some at some at some get togethers. But yeah, no, this is maybe like it, and it sucks because it happened so early on not to say that there aren't moments of joy for Aisha yeah. in 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 this movie because there are but this to me feels like one of the more pure <laughs> moments of joy mm-hmm. before we start to get more into the day-to-day trials and tribulations that mm-hmm. she is having to face also i 
pretty sure it's Aisha. Aisha. Is is her, but I, it was throwing me off because Malik calls her Aisha. Mm. And I think that's because that would be the American pronunciation of it. You see her name and that is how we would pronounce it. Yeah. So he was, he was messing me up because I had it. <laughs> I had the pronunciation and then every time he talks to her, he calls her Aisha. Yeah. So, but we... Like I said, right away, we see her starting a new job. Mm-hmm. And she is dun, 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 a nanny for a very seemingly rich, affluent white couple. However, we will discover throughout this film that money is maybe not flowing for them as much as they would like to put on. Right. It's one of those so, situations like when you walk into the house, it looked like they got money. Um, but then you open the fridge and you wonder where all the food's at. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is everything lettuce? Why do we have lettuce and Tupperware and, and mayonnaise? Where's the <laughs> where's the steak? Why is your why is your refrigerator strictly vegetables and water? Like, is vegetables. that a health choice or is Bell that peppers. a monetary choice? Right. Like, and this is not the organic vegetables. <laughs> These are the regular vegetables. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where so Amy, the wife, mm-hmm. seemingly has the more stable job. Yeah. Adam she, is a photographer. Yeah. It seems like she's it, the breadwinner. Um or it's kind of implied that she's the breadwinner, though it's it's hard to figure out at times because, like, from her perspective and a lot of things that she says, like, she's the one who's raking in most of the money and, like, she's the one who's, like, handling the finances. However, mm-hmm. like, when we get into it later on, Adam is kind of going off of the idea that he's the one who's actually paying um, Aisha all of, all of the money. Right. Well, because Amy is supposed to be who is paying her. Yeah. And consistently is not. She is falling behind on payments. She's not. She kind of waffles between saying that she's going to pay her a rate and then kind of backtracking on that, but then agreeing to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that she is meant to be the one who is paying her because it also does seem like a nanny is more so something that Amy needs because she is gone all she is out she works every day whereas Adam only has to work when he's on assignments and That's then true. can be home otherwise but probably is just trying to do other stuff while he's home. Yeah. And so yeah, it definitely seems like Amy is meant to be the one who is doing the payroll. But it's hard to tell if truly <laughs> money is tight or if they just think that and and this is more so maybe for for Amy but if they think that of everything they have Aisha can be the one thing that they kind of waffle on when it comes to payments rather than maybe some of the other things that they don't need in their life other luxuries that they have in their life mm-hmm. so it's sometimes it's hard to tell if they actually can make the payments or if they're just choosing not to Right. If they're like, do we actually need a nanny or is this like an extra cost that like, what are we doing this for? Right. Because it's like, if you can't afford it. <clears throat> why do we get in the first place? Or like, What are you doing? Yeah, because even when we like meet Adam for the first time, he's he's very nice and cordial to Aisha. But like, 
he makes it very clear that he was not expecting for her to be there already because it seems like the nanny conversation had been had but not finished between the two of them Mm -hmm. yes it was an idea and it was something they had discussed but amy had hired one and he did not know they were already at that step he didn't know that he was gonna come home and there was already gonna be a nanny so it's just like an awkward situation. Let's talk about that party. Let's let's go ahead from the good party to the what's going on here (laughs) party. Yeah, (laughs) to the whack party. Let's get to the welcome home party Mm -hmm. because I feel like this is the first time that things are weird because before that, like I said, for the most part, things are fine. Aisha is cool she's fine with the job her and rose the daughter get along very well and like i said amy seems very nice they agree on a payment so for those first few days nothing kind nothing funky is going on and then we get to the welcome party which is the first time that it's just like there's just weird vibes (laughs) yeah there's a lot of ick in the air you can taste it you can Mm. feel it yes it's heavy on the ick it it starts with the dress no yes well well it starts even a little bit before that when she's told last minute that she needs to stay overnight because of the party Right. right 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 which Thank you for the heads up. You knew he was coming home for weeks. <laughs> Why did you just tell me on Thursday that I need to stay overnight on Friday? <laughs> yeah. And what I really like about Aisha and how a lot of this story is written is just how grounded in reality it is. Um, because although I feel like for a lot of us, especially us working class folk, the idea that somebody would be like, oh, we need you to pull an overnight when you were only scheduled till 730. You can miss me with that bullshit. However... Mm-hmm. For the for the sake of the plot, it makes a lot of sense that although that's not ideal, that she would still agree to it because she's mm-hmm. at this point, she's doing whatever it takes to get her son over into the state. So like she has that motivating factor throughout the entirety of this movie. And so I feel like as the viewer, it allows you to kind of gloss over the fact that she's clearly being... Um, What's the word? Uh, not extorted, but... Um, exploited? Yes, thank you. She's clearly being exploited. However, you can kind of understand why she continues to go along with things despite mm. knowing that fact. Right, because she... Another thing I do appreciate about her is she is confident and she does know her worth. Yes. She, she is willing to take things because, like you said, she has a goal that she is going to work as hard as she can to get to. But I do appreciate that this is a character who is not just going to sit down and, and and smile and and take things as they are. Not to say that it would be her fault if she did, but it was very, very refreshing to see a character that doesn't because yeah. I do think this story would have been very different if she was a little bit more ready to just take everything that was given to her yeah but the pushback from her is is i think helps to create a very different dynamic within this family and i think that makes it very clear that yes she is trying to create a dream for her family Mm -hmm. but she is not going to allow 
people to just kind of treat her whatever way they'd like for her to get that dream. And I feel like you can tell the kind of person that she is because despite her doing these things, she never falters from who she is as a human, as a person. Mm -hmm. She's never, she, she never changes from that. So it's, it's cool to see her exist in this world. Um, And also I feel like, Maybe this is the first nanny that they've ever had like that, who is kind of pushing them back. And I also feel like that kind of plays into some of the events that happen with this family and the way that they react and the things that they do, particularly Amy, is this pushback from from Aisha. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, take take us back to the party. I got you off track. Take, take us no, back. no, no, you're fine. <laughs> but so, yeah, the first she's told that she needs to stay the night because they're going to have all these people over. They want someone to watch, be able to watch Rose. Secondly is the dress. Mm, that dress sequence. That was so weird, right? It's weird. It's weird um, because Amy wants her to dress up for some reason, it, but she didn't mention that to her. She didn't mention that everyone was going to be wearing fancy clothes and dresses and suits and stuff. So Aisha didn't bring anything to wear besides her regular casual clothes. And so <laughs> Amy pulls out this very, it's a nice dress. It's this dress that's very form fitting and it's like a red color. Mm-hmm. But Amy says, it's like she puts it up to I- to Aisha and touches her arm and goes, oh, this dress was made for your skin. I swear this dress was made for your skin. <laughs> I mean, jeez, mahogany red, yeah, imperial red, wine red, the whole family. <laughs> um, Leatherface, can you back the fuck up? Like what? I mean... What are what are you what? What are you <laughs> doing? You what are you doing? And then she lists every shade of red as if she's Miranda Priestley from the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> and there's like every shade of red is made for your skin. Like mahogany, crimson, <laughs> the blood, <laughs> blood, blood. Of, <laughs> yeah. I'm like Jesus. But it's like the way that she says it is so off-putting. It's so off-putting, and like also the tags are still on the dress which i found strange <laughs> as well because i'm just like yeah. what what was the purpose of this dress like what was its initial use like was was this a dress that you just bought and never ended up wearing or was it something that was specifically for this occasion like what was your what was your end game here mm-hmm. it's just and it obviously makes aisha uncomfortable particularly because like i said it's the this they don't know each other that well. And this is still an employer-employee relationship. That is a line that Amy will cross many times. And later <laughs> on, Adam, Adam will absolutely hurdle over that line <laughs> later. But at it's particularly at this moment in time, it's still a very fresh relationship. Right. And I understand that there are some nanny family relationships where that familiarity does grow and it does feel maybe a little bit more casual, maybe a little bit more personal, but that's specific to, you know, those relationships. This is not that sort of a situation. Aisha is very, very obviously trying to keep this professional. And, and Amy's basically like, 
because you have dark skin, this dress looks nice on you. It's like, go get out of my fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) And like, because this movie was marketed as a horror film, which I think ruffled a lot of people's feathers. um, I will say that going into the movie with that idea definitely frames a lot of these first interactions as kind of sus you're like what's yeah what's going on here like what's the un what's what's happening beneath the surface and i personally at some point had to detach myself from the idea that this was horror because i feel like i was putting on my own assumptions onto like what the scenarios would be because at Mm -hmm. just base level they're already weird and creepy like you don't really need to add anything to them for the creep factor to really settle in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it just feels it's an uncomfortable situation for sure. And yes, like because it's so early on and and because of what this movie is, it's hard to know what their intentions are. And at base level, though, this is just an uncomfortable situation for Aisha to be in. Yeah. She's surrounded by people she's not familiar with. And technically, she's supposed to be working, but Amy makes her feel like she should be hanging out at this party. Um, yeah. It's just like a weird, there's <laughs> a weird dichotomy going on. Then Adam gets home. <laughs> it was definitely giving get out vibes. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving a little bit of get out. Um, and then Adam comes home. And doesn't Oof. know, doesn't know that they're doing this. So he doesn't know that people are there. Yeah. He thinks that he's just coming home. And him and Amy have this very heated conversation before rounding the corner to a bunch of people yelling, surprise. <laughs> if I was Adam, I would have been pissed. Oh my I'd have been God. like, I'm so fucking tired. I just <laughs> got off the plane from a different country it seems mm-hmm. and why are these people here yeah he's, <laughs> I mean, he's visibly upset like from a moment he comes in like he yeah he's not having any of it yeah i mean he's like a little bit the way that he talks to her you can already tell that there is some marital strife going mm-hmm. on um because this is not a nice sweet conversation he's irritated by everything she's doing before he even realizes that the party is happening um, and then he kind of has to put on a happy face, but it's weird because he acknowledges Aisha, but does not actually talk to her mm-hmm. until much later. In the yeah. Party. And I was like, bro, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I, was so, I was so confused. Oh, also there's like some bl- a black lives matter discussion discussion Oof. happening in the background. <laughs> Oof, oh man i and i'm actually i'm glad it was in there because like i feel like that um that theme underscores a lot of the movie but it mm-hmm. doesn't ever feel like it's like overtly in your face yeah it, it this is like the yeah the most overt but still very subtle because it's just a conversation that's happening in the background it's not even really the focus of what's happening right now it's just two guests at this party are having a conversation about like the protests and the riots and and those events that stem from these moments like with police brutality and those moments that kind of follow that that's what the conversation is there are only two black people in this room and somehow neither one of their voices are the loudest it's like (laughs) they're (laughs) barely being heard this man is monologuing about what he thinks 
um, and not at all listening to anybody else's opinion. What? And I've never heard of that happening ever. It's Come weird. On it's like so obviously fiction. That's the most um, unbelievable part of this movie. I'm going to say that first and foremost. That's weird. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's weird. That's fantasy. But yeah, there. That's what's happening in the background. And then we meet Adam, and can <laughs> I just say, Adam was cool. I was, was cool with cool, Adam right? for a minute. I thought he was real cool. And then later on, we get um, an affair jump scare where <laughs> he like, where he uh, tries to, where he makes a move on Aisha, and then makes her feel bad about it it's so fucking weird it's so gross i mean the way he manipulates that situation is like pretty fucking textbook because he's because yeah. i mean when we get to it he's like the moment happens and he's like i understand i shouldn't have done that but i gotta say my wife will really not like it if you tell her and like if you like this job i just feel like it'll complicate things you know i was like bro get your gaslighting ass out of my face right now dude i wish i could have i wish i had like a camera in my and watching me while i watch that scene because it was there's there's this whole other thing. This is deep into Aisha having these hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole thing happening with the mirror where she keeps seeing her reflection, but her reflection is doing something different than what she's doing. And so there's this whole thing where she's hugging him and staring into the mirror. And I like th- I threw my arms out because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then as soon as I pulled apart and he kissed her, I my jaw dropped and i wrote i wrote what the fuck because that's what i said out loud i was like what the fuck and then i had to write it down so i remembered what happened but it just really i i did not think there is there amy very obviously thinks that adam is maybe unfaithful Mm -hmm. and there is like some suggestions that maybe he's he is but it's never confirmed and i thought it was going to be one of those things where she thought that that was what was happening and that's not what was happening i didn't think that that was actually what was happening just because of all that shit going on with amy i thought that that was just something that was like in her head so when it actually happened i was like what else what else what else are there bodies in the freezer what else why this is this couple is they're crazy there's just too much it's too much to take true yeah honestly you're you're right on the money there one of my earliest notes is there's something very off with this family like there it's just one of those families where you can tell that they're hiding something you don't know what they're Mm -hmm. hiding but they're hiding something and it seems like in this case both partners are hiding a lot from each other um Mm -hmm. but dude i don't know he i i was with you at the beginning i was i was cool with adam at the start he came in a little hot a little aggressive, but understandably so, um, based on his circumstance. But I don't know. The moment homegirl walked up on him during lunch, I was like, it's a wrap for me. I'm sorry. This man is immediately on the not shit list. He, he, he got stamped on there real quick. Because he was yeah. so blatant about that shit. Because, like, didn't they kiss? And it wasn't one of those, like, friendly, like, oh, nice to see you kisses. They, 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 they kiss. And the audacity yeah. of this man to do that, not only in front of the nanny, 
but in front of your own daughter how could yeah you? it's like bruh and that was one of those things where it was like it was weird but i felt like because it was so weird i thought it was gonna be one of those things where oh it's just like I, you know what I mean? I thought it was going to end up being nothing the, because it was so blatant. The only reason I like somewhat let it go is because Rose let it go. Because Rose didn't have a bigger right. reaction to her dad kissing another woman. I was like, maybe something about this is regular. There was even a moment there where I was like, okay, maybe Adam and Amy are doing some sort of polyamorous thing that is right, going to be incorporated like, in the story or yeah. something. Like Open the red, the red flags weren't fully, weren't fully at whatever that's at full mass at full mass <laughs> or like half mass but they were getting there yeah yeah it would a weirdo it's 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 like the adam and amy thing is so and and this, i think that this whole thing with adam is what i mean especially when i say if she was not willing to push back so much maybe this would be a different situation you don't just kiss the nanny out of nowhere that's why i feel like i'm like you've done this before mm. this has been amy you've not paid your nannies before mm -hmm. you guys have just never had pushback from it yeah before yeah this is I same old same old but you've just never had someone who's been willing to keep working for you but not take your shit kind of a thing yeah I can see that. I agree with you there. Especially the abandon with which he... <laughs> he was ready for that. He's like, All right, it's late. I made you dinner. It's just the I two the of us here. Noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I got your advance. And then, yeah. And especially the way he was ready to to kind of wipe it all away with his little excuse. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about... Let's talk about Aisha and Rose. Mm. Rose's relationship. Because... Like I said, they have a good relationship. I think particularly for Rose, she really likes Aisha yeah. and almost treats her with more respect and as more of a mother figure than her own mother. Mm -hmm. Which I, I feel like is a very regular thing at this point now. And that's something that I'm seeing pop up even more and more. I remember seeing like a similar take on this idea on an episode of Atlanta mm -hmm. or yeah, like someone spending most of their day with your kid, like day after day, your kid is going to grow an attachment to this person, especially if you're a parent who's like working all the time and they don't get to see you like this is the person that they are seeing. This is the person that is currently raising them at this juncture in their life. I always I, I'm always confused when the parents later on are like, so shocked when their kid wants to hang out with the nanny more than they want to hang out with them. It's like, no shit. They don't even know you right now. Like, where are you? What What are you doing right. for them currently? Right. Well, and I think especially when you have a situation that is like the one that we see here, where it's not even that, oh, yeah, she's just here to help. And I'm still trying to be as active as I can in my kid's life. Amy is barely involved even when she's there she is not there yeah it's she wants the she'll she'll do the bare minimum uh with rose to have that kind of nurturing caring feeling without having to go too far because there are a lot of times where amy is home and is off doing her own thing she's resting or she's having her breakdown and like amy is obviously 
having a very hard time. She's going with through some family, shit. We won't take that like, away from her. With her family, with her work. She's obviously having a very hard time. However, she is not showing up for her family in the role of a mother. And so Rose is not getting that from her. And it's 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 very evident to me. It feels like a lot of times that a lot of Amy's concern and care for Rose just feels so superficial. Mm. And I, I think particularly because we have a moment later where Rose runs out of the park when Aisha's having a hallucination. She's not paying attention to her. So Rose runs out of the park and then gets brought back and it kind of is a big deal in the moment and then seemingly goes away for a while. But we find out later that Amy knew about this and the only time she thought to bring it up was when her and Aisha were having an argument. Yeah. It's not, she didn't bring it up because she cares about Rose. She brought it up as leverage to Mm -hmm. be like, well, you could lose your job. And she didn't give a fuck that her daughter (laughs) apparently ran out into the road in in New York City, bro. Like, she doesn't care that that happened. She doesn't care that Rose is attached to Aisha. She only cares when it affects her. When Rose is no longer listening to her, then it's a big deal. And I feel like it's clear that obviously Adam is not always involved but when he is he spends time with rose he he gives her attention because rose still respects him she mm-hmm. still likes spending time with him that's it's true just her mother who it's kind of like absentee be, at the moment yeah yeah she can't be can't be asked it's and it's kind of interesting uh one i also love the park sequence just because it brought in other nannies and i, I just loved their banter <laughs> with each other i thought it was yeah. hilarious also, shout out to the Jamaican nanny. I heard that accent. Don't don't you play with me. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one who said, like, air is too spicy for them or mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, I think that there's an interesting lens on a certain line in the film which was when she's when she's hanging out with sally at the uh at the hair salon uh sally says something along the lines of like oh work until you die the american dream right and i think that that's such a poignant line not only for like aisha and her circumstance but i think a little bit for amy as well too and a lot of the people who employ the nanny system for their kids where it's like the nannies are making not enough for the amount of work that they're putting in Mm -hmm. but you know they're working day in and day out raising these kids while the parents who are employing them are working day in and day out to facilitate this lifestyle that they want to live at the sacrifice Mm -hmm. of not getting to spend time with their family you know and it's just like it was interesting to see that concept apply to both of them to both amy and aisha in their own respective ways Right, because that is the thing they have in common, is they're both mothers and they're both working Mm -hmm. and for their kids. But it's just, they're so different in the way that they go about that because Aisha is not there for her son growing up for very different circumstances than Amy. Mm -hmm. Amy has a choice. She is afforded much different circumstances, much different privileges in her life. And although, yeah, she does need to be working and doing all these things, like I said, she's not doing that all the time. And even when she has the opportunity to be with Rose, chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Aisha, all she wants is her son. And she's also working 
long hours, day and night, so much so that she is now neglecting him because she can't have these phone calls with him anymore because her schedule is so fucked up Mm -hmm. that the timing is not working out anymore. And so she is unwillingly starting to neglect him and and spending all of her time, all of her priority and all of her efforts are now into this totally different child. Yeah. And he is not getting time with his mother. But also she dude, is doing that that they broke okay. me when she started to sing that song to Rose. I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because it's like this this lullaby. That's the only thing your son wants to hear is you singing this lullaby to him and now you're singing it to another kid. Because I get, it, to him I get it, but also that shit hurt. It's it hurt. Sad. It hurt. It's sad, but it's like it's it's unfor- It's sad because Aisha doesn't want. She's choosing to do this for her son in a different way than Rose or than Amy's choosing this to do. Choosing to do this for Rose, right? Because with Amy, it's like obviously, yeah. There's a lot of pressure there, and and she is. You know, as she says, like, it's a man's world and like, it's hard as a woman to get to where I'm at now. But she is so much like prideful about it now that she doesn't even see her family as benefiting from it. It's like her family is not even a factor anymore, it feels. Whereas Aisha is making the best, doing the best she can and making the best of what she has all for her son and you know as soon as her son's there like that shit was gonna change like she was not gonna be doing things the same way that she had been doing them Mm -hmm. and it's just like they have that in common but their mindsets about it is like so drastically different yeah and it's just unfortunate (laughs) that like (laughs) you know that that amy deals with things that the way they deal with it and i think it's unfortunate too because rose is an unwilling kind of victim of some of the stuff that's going on because like she's just a kid she's just there and you know trying to do the best she can and there's a lot of shit going on around her but i mean even with because even with like the food situation and how and how aisha was like Dude, if I didn't make food for your daughter, she would not eat. Like, do you not do you not see that? You're mad because I'm not feeding her bell peppers dipped in dipped in ketchup. But like <laughs> also, also, I think it's very evident that Amy is like very much controlling and trying to curate this perfect life the way that she right. wants things to be. Because that's another thing is she says that Rose is a picky eater, but she's not. She's not. You at made all. her. You <laughs> made her a picky eater because you pick and choose what she gets to eat, and she doesn't like what you feed her. And now she is getting to try new things, and she obviously likes food. You're a picky eater and yeah. you want your daughter to be one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely projecting a lot of that stuff on her. And mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I I actually like the fact that I don't like the fact that Rose is in the situation, but I like the fact that she is just an innocent bystander in it, where it's like yeah. she's she's just along for the ride. She is just a kid being a kid, and it's just the world around her is kind of churning. Um, and even when she has that little uh, tiff with Aisha mm-hmm. later on, even after they have that, like she they're having a whole argument about food and like eating because she can't feed 
uh, Rose the food that her mom doesn't want her to eat anymore. And they just have this whole thing that leads to her knocking her food onto the ground. And there's a moment there where you can tell that Aisha wants to like, she's mad, she's upset and she wants to say or do something, but they have cameras all over the house. So she's being watched the entire time. And so she knows for the sake of her job, she can't do anything. So she has to kind of like suck up her pride in the moment and just start cleaning up. But what does Rose do? She gets she gets down on the floor, helps start cleaning up as well. Like she knows that she messed up. And I think it would have been very easy to have that moment be Rose just does that and moves on with her life. Mm -hmm. But they they made it a point to have Rose assist and show mm -hmm. that Rose is not a bad kid. She's just a kid. Yeah, it's one of those things because I do think we see some examples of kids who are bad kids, um, which is still stems from, you know, the way that they've been raised and the way that their parents also treat their nannies. I think their kids can pick up on that because we have that kid with who has the Jamaican nanny and mm -hmm. he's like <laughs> kind of a dick to her. <laughs> um, and also we hear, I don't know if you heard this, a little bit from those nannies about the nanny that snapped yeah. and like attacked the kid. It's you just, it's just like little things that you, that you pick up, um, pick up in the background in this movie, which I really like. You hear like a lot of conversations mm -hmm. in the background of things. Um, but yeah, Rose is a, a good kid and, and it's very clear that she just wants, you know, to, to have attention and to be nurtured and cared for and, and to feel important. And she's getting that now. And so she's like wanting to hold on to it so bad. And I feel like as the movie goes on, that progresses to a bad spot where she doesn't even want Aisha to leave anymore. Yeah. And like, that's not good when it starts to get to that point because she is going to leave eventually. She's mm -hmm. not going to be there anymore. She's not going to be there forever. And, but you also know that like Amy is not going to change. She's actually also at a breaking point yeah <laughs> by the time we last see amy i mean she just like is ups and leaves yeah does, away. She, does she ever come back or is no <laughs> no <laughs> not by the time not by the time aisha leaves she's not back and adam doesn't know where she went oh shit i kind of picked up on that but like i wondered if maybe i missed something there i just wanted to clarify yeah okay she straight up was like, I'm done. <laughs> Dipped out yeah, somewhere. She just, she just Never to leaves. be heard or seen from again, apparently. Apparently. Unless she was just gone for a long weekend. But still, mm -hmm. she didn't tell anybody where she was going. She just, and it's like, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but speaking of parents, mm -hmm. we do have one more parent relationship in here um, with Malik. Mm-hmm um with homeboy uh malik from shark night coming back as malik <laughs> again <laughs> coming back got your arm back got the arm back <laughs> looking good looking the same actually no, i think he beefed up a little bit since the malik yeah. since the original malik days <laughs> well yeah but i think it's easier to see now too because He's not wearing a giant sweatshirt so that he can just poke his arm through it and make it look like it got bitten off. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yes, I actually really like Malik and like what he added to this story because I do think mm -hmm. it was sometimes these like romance 
additions feel a little bit forced, but I feel like the way that he was integrated plus the history with like his family um, actually added a lot to the story because we find out like mm-hmm. he also has a bit of a troubled past, like with his mom being somewhat schizophrenic and then his his grandmother being somewhat clairvoyant. Um, and so like he just grew up with a very specific dynamic. And so the two of them could they find they find like a bit of a common ground and just kind of like relating their upbringings with each other and like i really liked watching their relationship kind of form because like Mm -hmm. in a movie that has a lot of like very tense suspenseful and strange moments these little sweet moments are very welcomed yeah i loved their relationship i thought they were super cute together i appreciated their date scene it felt really natural and Mm -hmm. really cute and I feel like they did a good job of showing that connection without spending too much time on it because obviously we only have so much time to nurture that relationship on screen. But I feel like they did a good job of showing that they obviously connect on all of these different levels. And And they look good together. They're nice parents. They look hot together. (laughs) Yeah, they look good. They're black and beautiful for sure. (laughs) When they were in the car. Mm -hmm, Just rolling down. I was like, that's goals right there. Straight up. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Slim and Thug. Is that what? No, Uh, not Slim Thug. uh, Oh, um, that's something that's Slim. I know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) It's not Slim and Thug because that's Slim Thug. Bone bone Thugs and Harmony. No, it's uh, Queen (laughs) and Slim. Queen and Slim, right? Queen and Slim. (laughs) Yes, the queen and slim. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had those vibes. um, It had those vibes. (laughs) And you know what else was nice too? Um, I like that their relationship was just good. It was nice. Mm -hmm. It was good. There weren't any bad intentions on his end or her or her end. It was just we were honestly just watching a new relationship get its footing and then watching it get deeper as the movie went along. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that she at least had someone in her corner to give her stability and and for someone and to give her something to go to when things were getting bad on the other end, because I do think she needed some light in this movie. It felt nice to have someone come through for her all the way through. Cause I do think that you could have easily made this relationship not end well or had him be a bad guy or, or right. anything like that. I feel like you very easily could have done that, but I was so happy that that wasn't the way that it went. It was just mm-hmm. a good relationship that just happened to be occurring at the same time as a very shitty situation. Right, exactly. And... Um, it was also kind of cool, too, that like his history with like his mother and stuff also kind of made him better equipped to like be with her mm-hmm. during this time, because like she's still very deeply having hallucinations like we, we've mentioned a couple times, but like throughout this, she's having like progressively more intense hallucinations. And I just love that, like when she's with him and she has like a night terror he knows exactly how to calm her down because he's like dealt with something similar to this before and like he plays a very important role in being her rock i think you're right and like 
if it wasn't for him like being something that she could latch on to towards the back half of this when stuff starts to get really real it would be scary i think for mm -hmm. for her in these moments yeah and i will say i feel like they also did a good job of weaving the grand tying the grandmother into his character instead of her just being some random lady who knows all the <laughs> folklore and all the stories because it was it could have it could have easily been that. fallen that way it teetered on that line but they did a good job of weaving it into his story and then bringing her into his story um because she is she does kind of become the exposition dumper a little bit as mm -hmm. far as what is going on to Aisha and kind of informing her of what might be happening with these hallucinations to a certain degree. It doesn't get too, too heavy or anything like that. But yeah, she very easily could have fallen into that same trope, but she she doesn't for me. It makes sense to me that Aisha would meet her, learn these things about her and then want to see her again because she's now dating her grandson and so that worked for me and i liked her introducing the legends and the folklore because we as the audience do need to discover that mm -hmm. um and so i would prefer that in this instance than like, I don't know, I should talking out loud or like reading a book or like going on Google I mean, or that's true. But like, <laughs> even though she does exposition dump a little bit, I really like how the folklore and stuff was woven into the story, too, because mm -hmm. it wasn't in there just to be um, like fan, like just to be fantasy, because like there was some reverence for these tales. And I do appreciate that because a lot of people do have reverence for a lot of these like folklores and stuff that come from cultural places like even if you don't believe in the stuff you can still kind of respect like what it's supposed to symbolize or like where it came from and whatnot yeah. and i feel like the conversations that they had when like we got into these topics were very um they're they're just re very respectful of the subject matter where it's like even if the characters didn't necessarily believe in everything like even malik says like you know i got a little bit of belief in magic like a tiny bit just through my family but like it was very realistic and i loved having mm -hmm. like grounded conversations about the stuff um yeah but even on that topic too um now, granted, uh, Anasi the Spider is a book that uh, was presented in this movie, a book that probably is familiar to a lot of people. I remember like reading this back in like elementary school. Mm, um, I never read this. Really? You never, you never read that? I, mm -mm. I, I couldn't tell you what the story was at this point, <laughs> but like I, I do very specifically remember the book itself because the moment that book comes out, like if you've seen the, seen the cover page, like it's just burned into your brain. Um, but it ends up playing a pretty pivotal role, at least in the folklore side of this, um, at least from the movie, the explanations of Nazi the Spider and just like he's a trickster god, basically, and just like how how that affects the decision making that Aisha may or may not make later on, because a lot of times it's like the gods in these folklore stories aren't necessarily good or bad um anasi as aisha describes describes them is a survivor so it's like it's not about being mm -hmm. good or bad it's about pres perseverance like taking care of yourself and surviving and so i loved that motif and how that was added to the story because 
I think that plays a big role for her. And just like her situation feels like a survival situation until her son gets to the States, right? Like everything, everything's just working up to that point. So it's nice to have those little touches of like cultural folklore, like sprinkled on top of the story, because I feel like it, again, pulls us into the fantasy of things without pulling us too far away from reality. Like the story mm -hmm. still feels grounded. The situation still feel grounded. But now we get to kind of dip our toes into these like dreamlike sequences, which I think are all really well done. Yeah. I, I enjoyed so much of the dream sequences. I love the honestly the production design of this whole movie. I think the color schemes, the the mm -hmm. lighting, everything is so beautiful to me. And also yeah. shout out to uh, Rena Yang, I believe was a cinematographer. Shout out to Rena for uh, for lighting black people correctly, because that is a thing that plagues a lot of movies sometimes. And it's just always nice to see when black actors and actresses are lit properly mm -hmm. and we you just get to see their full their full beauty just shine on screen i just love that shit yeah also the lighting for malik and aisha scenes too that like blue and pink the, yeah very so nice. nice it's so different from the rest of the movie but i think it's because of that feeling of this is a different space for her mm -hmm. like him being with him is a different space for her um but yeah, um, Anansi, and then I think it's Mami Wada is mm -hmm. the is like the mermaid kind of goddess that she keeps seeing, and yeah, it's they they talk about how they kind of stand for like oppressed people pushing back against like the order and the system, and that I Aisha keeps wondering like what do they want from me, and then it's the question is posed back like well or what or or like maybe they're trying to do something for you or like what can they do for you yeah. sometimes it's about that and i do think that when you look back by the end of this on some of those past hallucinations although they do feel scary and they do feel overwhelming and terrifying they're not as nefarious as they seem at, no. in the beginning especially the ones that deal with the the to, like the symbolized gods and goddesses i really love all of the ones with the the water uh particularly the one where she's on the bed and like the sheet comes over her head and oh and yeah the and the like gasping sequence yeah. so that one's good. really cool and so is the one where they're at the pool and yeah she, goes down and comes she comes up and it's night mm -hmm. yeah i really love all of those water ones i mean most of them do deal with water however like i said she does have some where she just sees where she'll see her son or she'll see herself and mm -hmm. those ones more so just distract her um but it all kind of leads up to this realization because there's a while there where she's trying to call her cousin um and talk to her and talk to her son and her cousin is not answering the phone or when she doesn't answer the phone she she says that lamine can't come to the phone and all of it ends up to her finally being able to pay for the tickets finally getting them to come over and realizing that in that time that they were waiting to come over they went to the beach and he drowned and so only her cousin shows up and like Oof. it's so it's such a gut punch and i i her cousin obviously 
didn't know how to tell her but also at the same time i think her showing up to the airport and him not being there is maybe worse than <laughs> you just telling the her worst on the phone possible way that you could have gone about doing that like letting her be all excited and expecting two people to come off the plane is maybe the worst way that she could have discovered what actually happened but so when this happens because i do think that it was the way that it all kind of weaves together and gets revealed does make a lot of sense. I think it was very well done because a lot of the hallucinations and the things that are happening to her, a lot of times what they do is serve to distract her from Rose. And we find out later that this was Lamine being like kind of an un, uh, like a vengeful spirit in a way. Yeah. And feeling like because his mother was with Rose. That's why she wasn't able to be there for him. That's why what happened to him happened yeah. and kind of almost wanting the same thing for Rose. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I, and, and I do feel like even her cousin makes her feel so shitty. Her cousin. She... Uh, I <laughs> look, I'll keep it brief about her cousin. I can't be too <laughs> mad at the cousin, right? Cause the cousin is back there raising her son for her and like hold like, she, you know, doing what she has to do to keep it locked down in the home country. But yo, to let, let the kid drown, then duck all the calls, then show yeah. up and then duck at the airport to try and just sneak into the States without saying shit. Come on now. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks because. And then be yeah, like, like, Oh, she... but you never ask about me. <laughs> right. Like, get out of here girl <laughs> well can you tell me where my son is like uh, yeah it's it's frustrating because yeah she was doing a really great thing and and it's not her it things happen in the blink of an eye all the time you know it's such a horrible accident what happened but i don't think aisha would have blamed her but it feels like the cousin is like so can so needing to push some of that blame off of her before anything is even said mm -hmm. that she immediately starts making Aisha feel bad saying, well, you were supposed to bring us over. If you had brought us over yeah. sooner, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, you decided to go. I didn't tell you to go to the beach. <laughs> you wanted to go to the beach. So maybe if you hadn't gone to the, you know, like you can, it, you can point fingers all day. Mechanism, yeah. You know? She's, she's doing it because she does feel, you can tell that she does genuinely yeah, she feel bad about awful. what happened. And so she's trying to push, some of that blame elsewhere but girl come on and and i do feel like the way that aisha feels about everything and kind of the way that things end goes back to something that the grandmother said about what happened with her daughter Mm -hmm. and how she says like i didn't fail her the system failed her and that was like a realization that she had to come to i feel like that's also the realization that aisha has to come to is that she didn't fail her son if things were more fair and if she was getting paid a fair wage and if she was getting paid on time right. and if all of these things that should have fallen into place and would have fallen into place if she wasn't an immigrant, if those had all fallen into place the way that they were supposed to, she could have brought her son over right away. Yeah. So it's not her fault that she was doing, she could only do so much. She did she everything was doing that, the she best could do. that she could. Yeah. It's just like, 
the system is not put in place for people like her to succeed at the highest level. True. And so she could only do so much. And it's like, still though, it's so tragic when it happens. And like, I started to definitely feel it the moment that they were standing there waiting um, for yeah. somebody to come off the plane. I just, it, it could be just my heart is dead at this point. I was just like, <laughs> he ain't walking out of that plane. Then yeah. we ain't seeing him. He's not coming. And like, now nah, granted, I didn't know it was going to be that grim. Like, I think initially I thought maybe like her cousin just took the money and decided mm. like, you know, I'm just going to keep this and I'm going to do my own thing. Um, what we got is far, far sadder than that. I think it's also multiplied by the fact that we've seen throughout the movie just how much she fucking loves her son. Like she, mm-hmm. like he meant the absolute world to her. And like, it just, it's brutal. It's hard. Yeah. It's a really tough moment. Yeah. Especially, yeah, you, you know that she, she loves him and she's been doing everything. Cause we find out like she's been a single mother since she was pregnant she's mm-hmm. basically a kid when she got pregnant and and has done so much for him and and once only wanted the best for him and yeah it's unfortunate because you can tell that they have such a great relationship and it just got wasn't able to continue in in the place that she really wanted him to be able to live and to experience and so it's such a shitty end to all of that and everything that she's been doing, everything that she's been through. And so from there we, ah, okay. So in the end, (laughs) I will say one thing I wish was more clear in the end was how much time has passed. I wish I knew how long it had been since she found out Um, because are you talking about just like I, the time skip at the end and like how we kind of like fast forward through things? Like, yeah. So like when we jump from the airport to her trying to kill herself, mm-hmm. I am unclear of how long that long was. it's been. And I kind of wish that I knew because we find out like that she's pregnant and everybody knows that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just wanted to know how long she had been sitting with that and sitting with that decision before deciding that she was going to do this thing yeah Um, because it could be the next day it could be a month like i I really don't know time gets really wonky towards the end i think and that was actually one of my few complaints about this movie and it's a very light complaint but similarly i i was having a hard time like tracking the passage of time towards the end Mm -hmm. now granted i think for the most part it's okay because like even after like she she attempts to like drown herself which um we get a nice call back to the whole mermaid motif and how like the whole time the mermaids has been like hey i'm looking out for you i feel like you're mm-hmm. about to try some some dumb shit so i'm gonna pull you back up to the water um i really enjoyed that that was implemented there and then after she gets back and then um you know they save her um it's revealed she's pregnant she has the kid like she's starting a life with malik and all this stuff i was cool with fast forwarding through this stuff however it did it was kind of jarring in the moment because it was like the passage of time had felt somewhat linear throughout the rest of the movie and i felt like it just accelerated so heavily towards the end granted thinking back though 
the passage of time felt very linear throughout the movie, but we don't really know how long she was working for them, do we? No, I mean, it seems like months, um, probably for sure. Okay. Um, how many months is questionable. I don't think but... it was like more. It couldn't have been more than a year. I don't think she would have put up with it no. for more than a year because um, she was no. determined to get him there by his birthday. Right. But she missed. She missed his birthday. Right. Um. Yeah. And, and also, too, I guess. So Lamine was sending. Okay sending her visions before he died as well which also confuses me a little bit i'm not gonna lie like I, it make i get it i i i get it but it is a little bit confusing i don't know is, if that was is, him but sending that's what her I was visions. Say, like i don't i don't think all of the visions were necessarily lamine i think From that him. the more malicious ones like especially the one where uh, aisha almost kills rose in the bathtub mm -hmm. i think that was definitely leaning towards Lamine and like even she reveals like yeah I'm getting a lot of these energies I don't understand I'm just a kid but like these things are telling me things and like I kind of know what's going on somehow mm -hmm. um, but I feel like a lot of the water stuff and like the night terrors and stuff I feel like that could have been whatever like deities are looking over her trying to like inform her like hey something has happened like and it could even be just like a visualization of the motherly intuition. You know what I mean? We're mm -hmm. just like the mother always knows. And so it's like the moment that that the drowning happens to him, I feel like somewhere in her, she knows. And I feel like the visions is kind of like our way as the viewer of seeing that she knows. She doesn't realize right. that she knows, but she does know that something's happened to her son. Yeah. Well, and I feel like even too earlier on when she just like gets starts getting some of these nightmares and like just start seeing things and hearing things i kind of i i wouldn't be surprised too if that was just her doing because mm -hmm. it starts after she starts taking care of rose and i wonder if maybe the just this act of taking care of a child that's the same age as your kid spending all your time with this kid and like also enjoying it to a certain degree um i wonder if maybe that just kind of was starting to play with her and mm. just made her feel bad. And yeah, maybe the guilt was just kind of manifesting itself in her dreams and and she was starting to hear things and then it just gets worse as time goes on and things are actually happening to her. Um, so that that could be a possibility. Cause I mean, it kind of reminds me of like his house and this yeah, feeling of- Yeah, I was getting a bringing, lot of that. Yeah, bringing like guilt uh, with you. Mm -hmm. And although you're trying to assimilate and live your life, this kind of guilt is always cracking away at you. It, it kind of felt like that. So I could see if maybe that was what it was. Is It wasn't even necessarily anything going on outwardly. That whole first bit was just like her in inner feelings about things. But I will say I don't dislike the ending. But like I also don't like it. I like the thing mm -hmm. about it is I like the way that it ends. I like her surviving i like it, it's nice her that having it's a happy a new, ending yeah. i like her having a new baby it makes sense mm -hmm. um that because i do feel like that's realistic to life is it goes on and yeah. you kind of just have to deal with with this grief in your own way but it just happened so fast yeah okay see that makes me feel better that it wasn't just me because like that I felt exactly the same. I was like, I don't <laughs> dislike this ending. And I'm actually, surprisingly enough, 
I'm happy that we had a happy ending, even though I love me a good sad ending. I was happy that we uh, went back and had a little bit of joy towards the end. But something about it just felt unsatisfying. And I don't know entirely what it is, but I just remember by the moment that credits hit, I was like, okay, that was cool. But like, it's like when you eat a meal, but you're not full, you know, it's like there was yeah. something missing. It was so it was like three course meal appetizer. Great. Entree. Fantastic. Dessert comes and you're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Only because, yeah, everything up to that point had been so successful for me. And even with the last shot of us leaving the airport feels like from when that happens, we have like a minute left in the movie and they're trying to fit all this all stuff this in stuff, there. Yeah. Even if we had one more conversation, I, I feel like that would have made me feel something or like, what happened to fuck? What happened to Bishop? Where is Malik's son? <laughs> he has another son. He's there. He's, he was there. Um, and the, was like, he? there's like an overhead shot of them in the living room. Like he's, he's around, he's in there. He's in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blinking. You miss him. I, it just something, <laughs> something that was a little bit more involved, even if the montage was longer and we saw a little bit more of her, pregnancy journey and maybe the guilt that she was feeling with that um i don't know it just it's, feels like such a jump yeah it's it's so weird but and, and like i kind of agree with you but i like i don't know if i would want to make the montage at the end longer but i think what i would do is maybe pull some time away from like other parts of the movie just to mm -hmm. give like an extra minute to the end so that we can fully like realize whatever this ending is and like fully land it. Cause again, it just feels quick. It just feels very, very quick. Yeah. The things are or, all right. The things all yeah. make sense. It's just so quick, so fast. Yeah. And it's like, she does attempt to kill herself and then they pull her out of the water and everyone's and, and Malik's like, you're okay. And then it's and fine. she's okay. Like everything <laughs> is fine. Even if we had maybe cut to her in a hospital bed and Malik was there and they said some shit to each other and then it jumped and yeah. then it like did did as it was meant to do because yeah it's like she was about to make a very serious dark decision and it feels like we just wipe our hands of that nope she made it and then we move on and then yeah she has the baby and I do like the ending image of her in the fetal position in the bathtub mm -hmm. I do like that image a lot um but yeah it just uh, it's just a bummer because it left me feeling meh about a movie that I felt very good about prior to. Yeah. But once the ending came, yeah, I was like the credits started and I was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and pause this because <laughs> I need a minute to think about it. But yeah, I mean, very sad story that ends on a hopeful note, um, which... I needed for her. I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I needed things to end on a on a better note, um, but also ends a little bit fast. I think in comparison to how much we flesh out everything previous else. Things in the story. and also too, it's weird. I don't mind that we just like forget about the family and move on, but yeah, I Rose's wonder. life is ruined, right? <laughs> Rose's life is ruined, and also too, it's like she didn't quit. She just left. I right. mean, it's, it's she probably quit after the fact, but we just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. um, but 
Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Rose, like, legitimately almost killed, like, almost got stabbed. And that was the last time you saw her. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, Adam and Amy, I could care less about what happens. But Rose, I felt for Rose. I was like, damn. <laughs> R.I.P. that privilege. Sorry, Rose. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Sorry. Yeah. But you speak French now. Yeah, you can't speak French. So I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's it that's that's nanny yes it is uh so, a fun but sad tale yeah so what do we rate this one out of um nanny cam oh absolutely we don't even have to keep going i'm so down with nanny cams <laughs> okay <laughs> um all righty so how many nanny cams are you gonna give your pick roshane Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give Nanny 4.6 out of 5 Nanny Cams. Ooh. Yeah, actually, I really enjoyed this movie. I think for what it is, it tells a very straightforward story, but takes some very interesting twists and turns along the way. Um, I absolutely adore the way that this movie is shot. Again, I love the colors. I love the lighting, all of that stuff. I thought the performances were really good in... The fact that I just believe that all of these people were real people. And I think for that, it really elevated the story and compelled me to continue to watch and see what happens to these people. Um, I think my biggest issue with this movie, and again, it's a small issue, but pacing in certain places is off for me. It does feel deliberate. I will give it that. I feel like the pacing is done in a very specific way for the most part. Um, but there are certain sections that I felt were a little bit slower than other sections. And then, like we discussed, the ending does feel a little bit rushed to me. Um, but overall, I still enjoy what's being done here. And like between like this and his house, I'm kind of liking this um, this exploration of some of these like immigrant or like fish out of water stories. I think I do think that they're very compelling. And I would love to see more of them. Um, you know, and see what other different facets of this world we can explore. So for that, I'm going to give this uh, 4.6 out of 5 nanny cams. Alrighty. Um, I'm going to give this 4 nanny cams okay. out of 5. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I agree visually. I think it's stunning. Though simple, it's done amazingly well. Um, the hallucinations all i think are perfect examples of not needing a lot of like extra razzle dazzle to still make something effective and i also really liked the soundtrack the music in this is great i think they did a great job of weaving all of these characters together i liked watching everybody's lives intersecting um but still keeping the focus on aisha and making her a character that I really, really enjoyed. Like I said, I just felt like her characterization was so nice to see because I feel like I expected her to be a specific type of way, uh, a type of character we've seen before. Mm -hmm. And to me, she wasn't. She felt much more multifaceted than than I was expecting her to be. And I, like I said, I loved how confident she was and knowing her worth, but also at the same time, knowing that she does have her limits within this world. And I liked seeing that battle. Um, story is really sad, but 
not overwhelmingly sad where I left feeling upset or distraught. Um, I do think that that is in part with, with some of the more hopeful elements. But yeah, that ending was kind of a letdown for me. Um, I do agree that we could have maybe tweaked some earlier bits. But even if we hadn't, I wouldn't have minded two or three more extra minutes tacked on to this movie to have a little bit more of a fleshed out ending. Um, so yeah, that the that was unfortunate. And also too, I think there's some time because of the nature of the story. I There were times when I wanted to know more like where we were time-wise in this world. And I've never really felt that before in a movie, but for some reason I did in this one. Um, so yeah, I, I think four nanny cams out of five for me. Nice, very solid. And also just a point of mention um, for director two, whose name, I'm sorry if I'm butchering, but Nikiatu Jusu, that was their, their first um, feature or it's their feature debut. So I thought that was mm -hmm. for a first, Feature-length film is pretty dope. I know that she has a couple short films that she made, but um, I think as a, like, here's my first feature, this shit was pretty solid to me. Yeah, super well done. Um, and like I said, I feel like a great example of a simplicity being just as complex mm -hmm. as seeing all these crazy things on on screen um so yeah that was nanny which is on amazon prime um, amazon prime probably, yeah. Easy watch. probably shouldn't have mentioned that in the beginning <laughs> of the episode but if you made it this far and you, and you still haven't watched it yeah it's a prime a prime exclusive so you can get head over there to check it out um and if you have seen this or if you're planning on seeing this after you do what do you guys think of Nanny? You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Or if you'd like to get even a little more in depth than that, you can always slide into our Discord. The link for that is in our social media bios. Our Discord is where we hang out with the homies every day of the week and we chit chat about all things horror in there, but other things as well. So we'd love for you guys to come through and say hello. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games and chit chat with the homies. So if you would like to come through there and also say hello, the link for that is in our social media bios as well. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we'd like to hear what you're thinking of it. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Or over on Spotify, it's super easy. You just tap the stars underneath our name to rate us. And we would love for you to do that over on Spotify as well. But that is it, homies. First episode for Black History Month down and more to come. We will be coming at you guys same time next Monday. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.